you're about to enter seventh heaven. If you like this pod, then you can show your support by rating us five stars and hitting that little subscribe button to help us climb the pod rankings and spread the sevens gospel. If you're looking for extra content, you can go to our YouTube page or our social channels, Twitter and Instagram, our handle at seventh heaven pod. Again, like, subscribe, share, and we hope you enjoy the episode. Welcome back once again to Seventh Heaven, your celestial one-stop shop for episode 16. Can you believe it? We've made it this far. I'm Bernsey. This is Chip. What do you, like, do you want me to say? I'm fucking, you said this is Chip. Like, I was like, you've done me. I thought I was waiting for Mitch to say something. Uh, so I say this is hello. I was like, yeah. I say like, this is, yeah, this chip, is chip and you say, you yeah, say. Morning, morning, yeah, like, morning. I think what we're learning from this, Burns, if it's oh, April, nice. don't fix it when it comes yeah. to the intro. You go for it, Burns. I honestly was waiting for Mitch to say something. I was like, oh, that's fair enough. He's introduced me. Sorry. <laughs> I got the wrong end of the stick there. <laughs> and uh, and this is Mitch. <laughs> Good day, young gentleman. And this is the worst intro that we have produced in our 16 episode history. But an intro, nevertheless, we're back in town and we're back in your ears. It's good to have you guys. And good to have you boys. How are you, lads? Good to be, mate. Good to, good to see you guys. Good to speak to you. Um, there was a slow start there. <laughs> Which makes me think it must have been a tough week for you, Bernsey. Slow start because it's an early rise this morning because we're getting someone from down south of the equator. Yeah, I um, I didn't sleep well last night because I was full sketch about what time we we're going to have to get up and record this morning. So I was just checking my phone for a message from Mitch every every like, hour. I may as well have been on shift with the baby. I was just looking at looking at my phone, putting it down, looking at my phone, putting it down. The not knowing kind of set me on edge for my sleep. What's that about? If you know you've got to do something in the morning, you've got to be up, it kills your sleep, even though you, that's when you need it the most. Felt like the first day of school. You know, when first day back at training, you're nervous for no apparent reason. Um, you know, you've done it a million times. You know you're going to go in. You know your skin folds are going to be up, but you're still nervous going in. I'm always nervous getting on the pod because you never know what's going to happen. You never know what banter Burns is going to chuck at you. You never know whether it's going to work with the technicals. You never know what the guests are going to say. To be fair, Bernsey, big raps you on that. You haven't had a flap in a while. Once um, once this is all settled down, we should release some of the footage of you pre, pre-recording flap. The people don't need to see that, Chip. The people don't need to see that. But, Mitch, I'm glad you brought up that you never know what fancy you're going to be hit with because in an unexpected reshuffling of the show schedule... Chippy's Law makes a welcome return this week, and we're going to put it at the top of the show. So I'll hand over to the judge. Oh, what about that? Send him off! Send the dressing gates off! Get him off the field! That was diabolical! Get him off the field! That's just typical what it is! Get him walking! They don't like um, it! So basically, I was just thinking about how the best way to word this is like, uh, we'll do like a school analogy. So... I've been getting texts from this lad 
um, called Tom Mitchell for the the whole of the term. He's texting me saying how much he likes me at school, and and then I see him through the classrooms, and he gives me a little nod and a smile. Uh, and now it's come to the big dance of disco, um, and I'm just waiting. And I'm on the other side of the dance floor. Um, Evanescence is on. <laughs> And with, I'm striding across the dance floor. <laughs> I'm making my move. I'm making my move. I think, oh, nice. So I'm gonna get to finally kiss Tom Mitchell. And then the dance floor parts, and he's having a three-way kiss with Sean Maloney and Carlton Anna, right in front of me. <laughs> and, and do- doesn't doesn't even mention me. The, the the taste of betrayal in my mouth, pangs. It's horrible. It's disgusting. Just thoroughly disappointed that you had the chance to give us a shout out on the pod on another podcast, uh, probably a more successful podcast. You've gone up the leagues, you've gone for the better looking blokes, um, and now you've not you've just left us. And um, to be honest, I'm surprised you you're back on here. Um, you've hurt our feelings, you've hurt our listeners' feelings, you've hurt Rory's feelings. Every, everyone's everyone's disappointed. We're not angry. We're just disappointed, as my mum used to say to me. So I think we just need to clear up for the listeners who might know quite how Mitch has betrayed the pod in the last 10 days. Uh, You'll have seen something on our social media with the Love Actually meme where he's Alan Rickman, we're Emma Thompson, and he's made a fool, not just of us, but of the life that we lead. And it's because (laughs) T. Bobby Mitch, Captain Fantastic of England, went on to That Sevens Show podcast, hosted by World Rugby, Carlton R, Sean Maloney. He was fraternizing publicly with another pod. Didn't even mention us, Chip. Didn't even mention us. It was, it was like those like proper affair rules, as in, oh, no, no. When you're with me, we don't mention her. Yeah, if we're talking, you don't mention it. So he even said, what, what have you been up to? And he was like, nah, not a lot. You know, not a lot, not a lot. All this effort we've been putting in, it's not a lot. This is what I live for. This is probably one of the highlights of my week recording this show with you boys. And then you just say, not a lot. Disgusting. Get him walking. Do I get a word in there or not? Do I get a word of defence? This is democracy. You you can attempt to defend yourself. Number one, donate the player, hate the game. Number two, all right, erroneous on all counts. I Erroneous out. Erroni Sal on all accounts. Nice, very good. Good sevens link. Good story um, about Erroni Sal. We are a set. We are a sevens pod after all. Um, yeah, but boys, just to put your minds at ease because I know that your feelings were hurt by this. But I, I mentioned the pod at least once, maybe twice, in what was a very short five-minute segment that I chatted to Sean and Carl for, um, and they'll back that up. I'm sure they will. I'm sure they'll have they'll have my back. Um, what more can I say? We need someone to have your back now, don't you? <laughs> well, it doesn't sound like you two have anymore. Disgusting. I mean, the evidence is stacking up very badly against you, Chip, um, Mitch. Bernsey, I know that the main reason you wanted to bring this up is because you were so pleased of, the, of your meme activity on the social. And it, it was, was good. It, it was, was funny. Good. When you put it on, put it on Instagram. Then you put on our seven, uh, on the WhatsApp group, the Pod WhatsApp group. Did you like that meme, Mitch? Nothing back. About four hours later, Mitch, did you see the meme? <laughs> Nothing. Just Bernsey talking to himself. <laughs> Bernsey, you, you've got likes. You're like a 16 year old girl looking at her phone, wait, waiting for the Instagram likes to pop up. Just let it happen. It'll, it'll, it'll happen naturally, Joe. 
It's a bit like Chippy fishing for his contact contracts on every episode previous. <laughs> Just like to let you know, I'm still out there and available. <laughs> yeah. Go, uh, moving on quickly. Uh, good story about Aroni Sal. Uh, Mike Ellery was my roommate in uh, San Francisco at the World Cup and he's knocked the door. He's lost his key. He knocked the door at four o'clock in the morning. I've, I opened the door to a hotel room. Obviously, we're both a bit worse for wear. I'm like, God, oh, get in, Ellis. You know, when you don't really open your eyes when you've been asleep. Next thing you know, Aroni sounds, hey, bro, <laughs> trying to bowl into the room. I was like, no chance, mate, no chance. Best handoff I've ever done. <laughs> Straight out, back through the door, Aroni Sal on his bum, door locked. Mate, that was, a, that was a wild night because obviously we'd all been out together having a great time and then get back to the hotel as you do. And this is the thing often with sevens is that all the teams obviously stay in the same place. So getting back to the hotel is not always the end of the night. Um, so there's a few of us found ourselves in Ironic Sal's room, just like chatting ah, and having a there laugh. There you go. And um, but it was it was a, it was a bit weird. He he wasn't too happy because I think he was 13th man, wasn't he, for the World Cup? Uh, yeah, so I remember him saying yeah. But yeah, we were in there just chatting, um, some carver, various things going on. But yeah, it ended up being about four or five in the morning, and then I think he, he locked himself out of his room as well. Right, so one thing that I am terrible at week in, week out is thanking you, the listeners, for tuning in. We're certainly feeling the love here in seventh heaven. And last week's episode, Alex Gray, I absolutely loved. It's available on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, Google Play, pretty much every pod provider out there. And every rating, every share, every subscription, we really, really appreciate it. It helps put us up the rankings and get us into the front and center with the rest of the rugby public so they can hear some of the gems that are being dropped by our guests. And I said it at the time and I'll say it again for me, Shaggy, my favorite interview so far of this series. Yeah, it was good. It was a good blend, wasn't it, of insightfulness and a bit of a bit of top quality banter. 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 Yeah, Rich it was really banter. good. I really enjoyed it. Um enjoyed it at the time, enjoyed listening back. Uh, and I had, you know, quite a few people come and say that, that they enjoyed it as well, which is exactly what we want to hear. Nice. You know, it's sparked it's spot a bit of discussion on social media as well. Some of his views, such as when he said, you know, what happens in 20 years time when all the purists sat in Twickenham die about making the game a bit flashier, adding a bit more razzmatazz. We had someone come at me and say, completely agree. Realistically, the dynamic of the mainstream sports audience is changing and rugby desperately needs to adapt so very in tune with shaggy that comment was followed by someone else who said talking absolute shite <laughs> fire, 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 fire it up okay so that's shaggy last week but we've got another big name coming on and we're going south of the equator scott dickens dickinson scott sam you mush <laughs> sam dixon so that was last week but we're in the present and we've got an all-black sevens star coming on. Boys, tell me who our guest is today. So we've got Sam Dixon joining us, uh, which is pretty exciting, all the way from New Zealand. Um, guy who's been in the game for a long time now and has been part of some of the most successful teams probably ever on the, on the World Series. So it'd be cool to try and pick up some tips <laughs> apart from anything else <laughs> and find out how he does it. Um, but yeah, he's a really nice guy, like one of, a, one of the good guys of the World Series for sure. Yeah, top bloke. Always um, good for a chat after a game. Um, like, yeah, genuine nice guy. Looking forward to having a good chat with him. 
All right, here we go. Sam Dixon in Seventh Heaven. Yes, Sammy. Hey, the big lad. Sam, you're in Seventh Heaven. Thanks for joining us. How does it feel, mate? You've made it. Yeah, I've cracked it finally. I've watched a few of these, so uh, uh, to finally be on it, it's, a, it's an honour. <laughs> they all say they've watched them. I don't reckon anyone has, Dicko. Which one, which one was your favourite? Go on. <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, I saw Timmy Mickelson. Is Timmy Mickelson on one? Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, but he was on. He was on the Insta, wasn't he? I don't think he's talked for long, but uh, yeah, saw a bit of him yarning. That was the best bit, Mitch. Didn't he completely burn you with a handshake or something at the end of the video? Uh, no, it was just one of the questions. I tried to big him up doing. Um, we what did we do with him? Like a little interview with him. I tried to big him up, like uh, saying, "Oh, well done! Like amazing result! Like winning the tournament." Left a pause for him to say, yeah, it was great. He just didn't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> I think I saw you. I think was, that was when I was still learning the ropes. In the Vancouver Yeah, it was awkward because it was in the airport. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So like we were only about 10 metres away from all you boys, which probably didn't help. <laughs> yeah, good hey, Dicko, you got, you got the same filter on as me, the one that bends your nose a bit <laughs> on this yeah, guy. Not great lighting in here. Comes from this side. Nah, so, that'll, yeah, that'll, right. that'll definitely be it as well. How, uh, how are you so, keeping, mate? Weird time at the moment, but uh, you safe and well down in NZ? Yeah, sweet ass. Can't complain down here. Got a good setup. So, yeah, it's been... Got no kids, so I've been living the dream, actually. Just started surfing and playing golf, so we're allowed to do that now. So oh. I can't can't complain. The weather's been good. Uh, yeah, we just got out of level three. So I don't know if you boys know, but now it's level two, so basically back to normal. Um yeah, can only go in groups of 10 when you socialise, but apart from that, just back to normal. When are you boys starting training again? <laughs> yeah, well, we got we don't have much to train for now, so we're going back in a week's time, just for two weeks, just to reconnect, because we haven't been together since Vancouver. So uh, I guess we'll just, yeah, train a little bit and just do some fun stuff for two weeks, and then we get go on our six-week leave <laughs> straight after that. Amazing. Who is your money on to be in the worst nick coming back? Oh, Jesus. A lot of the boys are training for 15s at the moment, so a lot of them have been training hard. Um, <laughs> oh, you, so, that feels like you're putting yourself up for that award. I, I, I'd, I'd probably be up the top, to be honest. I've got a bit of a tweaked calf, so I've been able to run more. Really um, so, yeah, I don't really want to think about that. <laughs> My physio doesn't know about that either, <laughs> so uh, yeah, hopefully you don't put this out too early. <laughs> yeah no running but you're all right to go surfing and playing golf that sounds about right mate <laughs> exactly <laughs> i saw that um that billy Corroy is going to play for is playing for the highlanders in this tournament so is there quite a few of you boys who are going to be playing in the new zealand super rugby how do you pronounce the name sam eight 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 aroa no i don't even know what the tournament's called to be honest is it just out here or Super rugby or something. Yeah, that word. Aotearoa. Yeah, not bad. This New Zealand and Maori. So oh, right. Aotearoa. Uh, yeah, not nice. bad. 
It's, learn, it's a learning pod. <laughs> <laughs> so I think because um, we already had five Superboys come to the team for this season. So Celesi, Rayasi, um, who else is there? Itani uh, Nana Satoru, Vili Kroy wasn't one, but he was supposed to be Highlanders next year, but now because of the Olympics and that, not sure what's going on there. Oh, Caleb Clark as well. So they'll go back to their franchises and play the Super Games, and then straight after that, I think ITM Cup or Mighty Team Cup starts, so then most of the boys would go and play in that as well. That's quite a common thing for you guys, isn't it? Over the years, like you guys have jumped often in this sort of off-season, gone and done some 15 stuff. How does that work? Like, did... Because it's quite rare that that happens over here. Um, does it work pretty well for you boys? Yeah, for most of the young boys, it works pretty well because they have the energy and, uh, you know, to go and do it. So, um, yeah, to be honest, a lot of the older boys don't do it anymore or haven't really done it lately. Uh, but the young boys seem to sign kind of like a 15s contract and then a 7s contract and then they sort of run by side by side and... Yeah, they get away for the right, and they usually miss probably the first two tournaments in the preseason. But they're young enough to slip back in, and um, yeah, go good. So that's been kind of a feature of New Zealand sevens, like with players coming in and out and rotating through, and different cycles of players. Obviously, you've kind of been a stalwart in the team for the last however long you've been, as long as I've been around. Um, what's it like with different players coming in and out, and then seeing players like kick on and yeah. What's it like? What's it like for the group harmony, and what's it like for playing? Because you always seem to be doing bloody well. <laughs> uh, Unfortunately, <yeah. laughs> I guess it's always been that way. So I guess that's just how it has been. Uh, the sevens, New Zealand sevens team, all like sevens has been, always been like a kind of like a talent identification. Where back in the day, Titch used to get a lot of the boys who weren't really well kind of out of high school and young guys didn't really know how to be professionals and sort of that was sort of what he did he trained them up to learn how to be professionals and then uh sort of like a stepping stone to become a super player and then all black but i guess these days seven has got its own pathway so that still happens um and yeah i guess we're just just used to it we we bring them in try and fast track them teach them everything and then a lot of the time they're there for a year and then they're playing Super Rugby and then the odd one goes on to the All Black. So I guess it's just all part of it. So Sammy, just bringing it like to the present, obviously it's not an ideal situation for all of us at the moment. Not, you know, basically the season essentially being canned. Um, how's that for you boys? Because you guys were having a pretty good season. Um, how many tournaments did you win this year? Uh, three. 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 <laughs> Sorry, I didn't do my research. Um, thanks, Bernsey. That's why you're here. Um, so three tournament wins, um, sitting pretty like that must sting a little bit that it looks like the rest of the season potentially written off. Yeah, it, it does hurt a little bit, but I guess our coach has sort of hammered into us early as soon as it sort of came along that it's just another good opportunity to get even better. You know, we've pretty, all been going pretty good this year, but give it 12 more months and hopefully we'll be even better and having the same players and that, more experience, getting more used to our systems that are pretty new to all of us, to be honest. So, yeah, we're trying to look at the positives, but, yeah, on the negatives, pretty gutting. Another year to get older, slower, more injured. So, uh, <laughs> I hear Preach. You. Preach. I hear you. <laughs> 
So uh, yeah, let's not talk ourselves out of it, lads. Yeah, exactly. And then another preseason <laughs> as well. Bloody preseason was tough as so. Another preseason to go through. Mate, stick to the surfing and the golf for a bit for a few more weeks, all right? Yeah. So it's official. We're calling it a draw, boys. Yeah, this year's a draw. <laughs> yeah, call it a draw. Sam's, Sam, Sam's just called it. That's what I I'm heard not sure. That I heard that they they might be completely wiping because this year was supposed to be uh, the create the standings for the Olympics or whatever for the polls. And I've heard they might be wiping this year. Is that have you guys heard anything? I I, I think it was potentially. And nothing's been decided, but I'm, I think it'll probably still count towards it, but it'll count in conjunction with uh, probably last year and, uh, sorry, next year, this year and last year or something like that. That seems a little unfair to me. Go on, Bernsey, what would you do if you were head of world rugby? <laughs> if, I was, if I was head of world rugby, I'd, I'd th- I think that you probably let this season stand because this is the year that you've been building up towards. This is the the one that's relevant i know it's not going to be immediately relevant for next year but i think it's unfair on on the work that boys have done in preparation for when the olympics should have been and those seedings should probably stand so would you relegate wales no no relegation no relegation though this year no relegation this year but yeah sam ab sevens have had i know you've won the commonwealths and the world cup in 2018 but by your standards been a pretty lean time with regards to the series so what has happened this year to put you like head and shoulders above everyone else once again up until the end of vancouver when all rugby got called off yeah i wouldn't say head and shoulders but we were playing well um uh probably just because obviously clark laidlaw came in probably three years ago now and uh, he sort of had a bit of a blank canvas because um, we'd obviously been te- taught, uh, coached by Titch for so many years that a lot of us only knew one way. And also we've got a lot of new young players in there, which he's um, been able to sort of uh, mould together to create what is happening these days. So I guess when he came in, we, our culture was kind of a bit split up and we weren't too sure about ourselves really. And he's made a huge uh, emphasis on our culture and uh, bringing in all the, because uh, we've got so many different ethnicities in our team, the Samoans, Tongans, Fijians, New Zealand Europeans. So bringing them all together and bringing in every uh, aspect of that has just really created a real tight bunch. And I guess just all that together has created a pretty good team at the moment. It certainly seems to be working out well for you boys. It's really funny when you talk about like how it's changed over the years because obviously we've all been playing against each other for a long time now. And I remember back when I first started playing for England, there was very much a perception of the New Zealand team. Obviously, that New Zealand had won the series back to back for how many years or whatever it was. Um, and there was definitely like an anti-New Zealand feeling in, the, in our England team. And I think it was reciprocated because I remember when Wizza came over to play with us, um, Warwick Lemert, and he... He said, yeah, we used to hate you boys. <laughs> and it was kind of reciprocated. There was that weird like uh, dislike of each other almost. Um, and I, I feel I, maybe you guys still hate us. I don't know. But I feel like that kind of that has shifted a bit somewhat. And I kind of look back and I think, what, what was it we saw in one another that we hated so much? And I think it was some sort of like we both saw an arrogance in one another. But um, obviously that's not what's kind of imposed on the New Zealand team normally, which is all about like humility and which is Burnsy's favorite topic. 
yeah, that's that's humility is exactly what Clarky's trying to brought in. So um, yeah, there's a lot of emphasis on that, and I guess going back to the question, um, there was yeah the hard times sort of created a lot of us older guys made the team when we were winning in that, and then to have those few tough years, all these younger guys that have come through started when we were at the bottom, well, not the bottom, but you know through the thinner years. So now we're finally. Uh, got some confidence back in the group and everyone's working together, then the results have finally come. Yeah, boys, you were talking about that that rivalry. We'll use the H words there, Mitch. <laughs> you felt that you both hated each other. Have you boys been watching the Jordan documentary? You, got, you must have been watching the Jordan documentary, yeah? Okay, so Michael Jordan comes out and openly says, I hated that guy. Like, he hated the Detroit Pistons. He hated Isaiah Thomas. Uh, do you have that feeling? Do you have that feeling about, or have you had that feeling about any teams or people particularly? <laughs> do you think that's? Do you, I, I, I'm not looking to poke the bear, but do you think that's healthy? Do you think that sometimes it's good to have a bit of hatred driving you about some opposition and and some players to to raise your standards? I guess in our situation, it's tough because we 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 kind of live with each other during the week and. Yeah, I guess you need to learn how to have that that switch to turn on and off uh, for every game. But I try not to say I hate people, but because it's such a strong word. But um, I, I was growing up in, in the New Zealand culture to play with a lot of aggression and stuff, and not hate, but like, well, I guess it was hate that we're taught. But um, yeah, but basically, how to just learning how to turn it on and off. I don't know about you, English boys. That's the same for me. Like, I know I've done a good job in a game if someone comes off or someone says to their mate, well, fuck, Rich to come to, he's an absolute dickhead. I'm like, yeah, good job. Good job. A, a, job, well, a job well done. Yeah, Kurt would be... Kurt would be I, I say that after training most days, Chip. Yeah, he, he is. But he's like that in your team, isn't he? So what, does he, like, does he just give him free reign? And do you boys ever get, like, not embarrassed, but do you get, like, a bit... Oh shit, he's done that again. He's done that again. Like trying to wind someone up. Or do you boys love it? Or is it what's a crack with it? Oh, uh, yeah. Well, for some teams, it works when he gets underneath people's skins and. Uh, Danny Barrett. Certain individuals and certain teams, yeah. And then it kind of throws them off a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, he always seems to be going at Danny, but I don't know what's going on there. I haven't talked to him about that. But yeah, sometimes it works for us and the odd time it doesn't. So, But most of the time it does. So we kind of just let them do its thing. And uh, But yeah, I always it's, it's tough. I always got internal battles. Like I try and hate people. And then I think, actually, I bet you if I got to know him off the field, he's probably going to be a great guy. So I'm always like, fuck, do I try? I try and like Michael Jordan does. He tries to just make shit up in his head to hate people for a certain amount of time. And it's just making yourself believe that for enough time to be able to do that on the field and then forgetting about it. <laughs> I think I think I hated Burnsy at the start of this um question when he when he brought up the World Cup and the Commonwealth. <laughs> I think uh yeah, I hated you for bringing that up. Well, I mean that does lead on nicely or not so nicely for you, Chip and Mitch, that you boys have had some real ding-dongs over the years. Uh, certainly in recent times. So there is a genuine great rivalry between you. Yeah, it does. It, it, it's Every time we seem to play each other, it doesn't matter how well New Zealand's playing or how well England's playing or how badly each team's playing. They, it always seems to be a tight, tough game. Always. I don't know why playing against you boys, we always seem to get through loads of work. Like it's never... 
not not some games are easy, but some games are a bit a lot sometimes a bit smoother than others. Like you're either getting pumped or you're pumping people. But whenever we play against you, it's so so close. Everything's so highly contested. I don't know what it is. I don't I don't think we raise our like consciously raise our game. Like you know, obviously it's a big you're a big team and it's hard to play against you, but. I don't know why it's always so tight. It's always hard, hard graft. I know after the game, I'm always going to be shagged, whatever happens. I wish it would pump you by 30 more often, but it just never seems to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, moving on a little bit. How is the sevens viewed in like New Zealand? Like in England, it's kind of, it's not, it's quite, it's, I'd say it's looked down on quite a lot by 15s players, especially, and especially by 15s coaches. In New Zealand, has it got like, What's the value of it, and what do people? How do people view it in New Zealand? Is it is, is it different, or is it what's the crack? Yeah, it's a tough one. Um, back where I'm from, down in Christchurch and Canterbury, it's Sevens was never. It's not really big. It's not really concentrated on because um, Canterbury sort of, is, uh, you know, from the history, they've got a kind of like a, a factory that just pumps out Unreal Fifteens players, um, and they focus a lot of their money and everything into 15s which is fair enough because they've been so successful um but yeah i guess there's the same as you guys there's a little bit of that but uh to be honest it's changed in the recent years i think it's more um clark label's been pretty good with um having uh getting good relationships with the super rugby coaches and that so we are able to get a few of their players for olympic seasons and that but i guess when you look at it um the Probably the pays, obviously, nowhere near as much as the 15s or blacks, which is probably fair enough. Um, so a lot of people see, look at sevens and be like, the amount of work and effort you have to put in to kind of the pay you get, probably, and if you did that in 15s, you'd probably get paid way more, uh, I guess. Uh, I can't really talk from experience because I haven't really played any Super Rugby or anything, so... But from what I've heard, it's kind of, yeah, probably a bit too much work and there's not really anything you can do after playing, representing New Zealand in sevens. You know, you can't go and play in an IPL Japanese sevens league. So there's no really... Not yet. Not yet. I'm waiting till that one, I tell you. We'll have to be, we'll have to be coaches, boys, I think, by the time that starts. Good night, though. It'll be a good night. <laughs> so with, with all that said then Dicko like uh, how did like what do you love about the Sevens game you've been playing it for so long now kind of what's kept you in the game and what got you into it oh I guess the the people and the culture um, now moving up to Bay of Plenty I don't know if you boys have been here but she's a pretty good lifestyle live right next to the beach sun it's warm um, all the boys get along uh, yeah it's a bit of a it's a hard Stevens environment. It's a pretty hard one to get out of, and you have to be offered pretty big money and opportunity to be able to leave it, which a few people have, which is fair enough. But I've never been offered that, so I wouldn't know. But <laughs> no, it's 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 good. Um, yeah, all the boys seem to love it. It's hard work, but as you guys know, it's pretty rewarding, especially when you win. You talk about different different lads in your squad. One of the, the probably most different lads I've ever seen on any World Series team is Joe Webber. That boy, what's what's the crack? He loves it. He's always out. Whenever I see his Instagram, he's out. He's got a pig on his back or he's out fishing the sea to death. There's nothing left in New Zealand seas because he's out there pulling a hundred crayfish out every day. He's a different bloke. He is a different bloke. He's so talented and uh, physically gifted that 
he's, he trains hard, don't get me wrong, but he's able to be able to uh, do all that stuff and still turn up to training and still perform. So, yeah, but he does, he loves his hunting. No one's going to stop him from hunting and fishing. Uh, not even lockdown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. I, t- I seen um, one video of a dog going at a massive pig, and I was like, I just felt like I was watching something from back in the day. I was like, what is going on here? I was yeah, like, does this still happen? It's pretty ruthless stuff, but a few of the boys in the team love it. It's just the way of life up here, what they do. So, yeah, I guess it's kind of like a drug. Once you start taking them, it's tough to get off it. Talking to the other boys in the squad, Sammy, who do you room with when you go away? Oh, it's 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 random. I'd love to pick my roomies, but no, it's random. <laughs> they random you, every time. Yeah, do you boys get to choose? Well, we don't really choose, but it's kind of set now, isn't it? Like you can't yeah. choose something that works. Do you, yeah, <laughs> Chippy's always putting in transfer requests. Oh, nice. No, it's all our manager sort of chucks. If there's young guys, they'll chuck it with a an older guy to sort of buddy them up and mentor and all that, but. Yeah, we never get to choose, unfortunately. If but I have been in the last few years. If I get with a snorer, then I'm definitely going to ask for a different roommate. Hate snorer. Oh, that's oh, mate, you can't stay with a snorer. Can't. There's been some interesting habits from roommates that we can't really talk about pod on the pod. But snoring is is one of the worst. <laughs> one of the worst. Absolutely. Uh, um, we've put notes on his own for the last couple of years since because uh, he only ever used to room with Rodders and now Rodders is coaching so notes goes on his own so we limit the amount of annoyance throughout the week <laughs> well, I'd be lucky good idea I think yeah, a, good, right. a, a good roomie is a good roomie that brings a lot of snacks and you know um, goes hunting for the snacks brings them back to the room so Back in the Titch day, no one would really, oh, well, you'd have to go out with a backpack and hide it like it's bloody contraband to bring it back in. But these days, it's a little bit easier. Uh, I was, I was going to ask, uh, as you said, you you got brought in by Sir Gordon Titchens at the start of your career. You were coached by him for a long period of time. And then Clark's come in, changed things up. So, I mean, Titch is a legend, isn't he? I mean... Like t- tell us a bit about getting coached by him, but then the change since Clark's come in. Yeah, um, yeah. So t- uh, I was just playing club rugby down in Christchurch. Didn't really play. I hadn't played any sevens, so as you probably could have to- told when I first started. Um, yeah, and then uh, made Canterbury ITM Cup winners, and then touch went to a touches camp, and then uh, sort of had a bit of a motor and engine and had all right skills, so. So, yeah, just got pulled in, and then uh, it was my first opportunity to play professional rugby was for New Zealand Seven, so I just uh, sort of stuck at it. But, yeah, he was a hard man, and if you were willing to work hard, then you'd get along with him um, and put you down, put your head down and work. So I was good at that, and uh, we had a lot of older boys to do that, asking the questions and trying to argue with Titch on to stop training and stuff like that. But, yeah, so with Clarkie, the, yeah, the difference is, yeah, I guess it's Titch was in charge for so long that I guess a lot of things needed to change, needed to freshen up, especially after the whole uh, the years leading into Rio and um, other teams catching us and so on like that. So yeah, but since Clark has been in, it's a breath of fresh air, you know, like uh, just everything's changed. He's put a lot of, as I said earlier, a lot of emphasis on culture and just a lot of micro things, a lot of micro skills, breaking the game right down, which um, 
was all new to me because you sort of just, uh, when I first started, would just rely on what you knew and just work harder was how we won games. But now, yeah, it's much more technical. With that in mind, who are some of the best players that have been in your time at the Sevens? Who, like, if you had to pick, like, your top three best players, like, well, pick pick a forward, like, a winger and a playmaker? We are a play, playmaker would easily, <laughs> some of the other playmakers are going to kill me, but Tomasi Thama, obviously, um, you guys have played against him. He knew the game better than anyone. Um, he was fit. He would he would always he would never stop. Uh, he had that mongrel in him that he could turn on and hate people when he needed to, um, and he just yeah never stopped. But he also had the best skills in the game. So Tomasi would easily be best playmaker. Um, forward, obviously we got I've got a few to choose from, but let's go with Deej. You know he's big Derek Forbes. Uh, his mentality just. Never stopped, you know, that's where I sort of obviously looked up to him. He just went and went and went and his body was absolutely gone, but he just wouldn't stop. And he'd played for so long, knew knew the game inside out, um, knew all the backs moves, knew how to do all the cheeky little things. Yeah, so DJ also has leadership, obviously, and wingers. Um, oh, it's Rico, obviously, Ricky Iwani, devastating. Um, ben Lamb. You guys would remember her. Don't, talk, was... don't talk to Mitch about Ben Lamb. Yeah, don't Mitch, talk to Mitch. Ben Lamb. Mitch, do you know Mitch, Ben Lamb? Ben Lamb, sorry, uh, haven't I, you? I, I didn't spend much time next to him. I didn't spend much time getting to know him. <laughs> that was similar. So that was on the same side as Wizard, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 yeah same game. We're all been there, mate. Don't worry. We had to play, I had to play against them every week in trials, so... Yeah, but I bet your hot, the clip of you getting done didn't get rerun and rerun on World, World Rugby websites. Well, when I got fended in the face by what was his name, PO Two Y in Dubai that year, he kind of lifted me up. It was bang, and then he scored one game. So yeah. again, we've all been done by PO Two Y. Yeah, he's he my idol. A, he was a freak player. I want to. I want to have the same belly as him. <laughs> Chippy, you can have the same belly as him if you start playing like him. <laughs> I think he's living in New Zealand. Actually, he was playing club rugby in Hamilton a few years ago. He was in. He was in Oxford the other day. Oh, was he? I think he did. Oh, he did wow. like six months in Oxford in like Nat Two or something. Some like really far oh, down the league. Someone messaged me a picture of the team sheet, and he was like, "Did this guy play sevens?" And I was like, "Yeah." Like he was like one of the best players, and now he's playing Nat Two Oxford. What playing in like a cow field, like in the pissing rain. <laughs> he's playing eight. I think he's playing eight. Nico, there's been a lot of stuff. There's been a lot of stuff on uh, social media saying you've got the best goose step. People keep. Um, <laughs> I follow the all by seven. So what's this about? You have the best goosey. Oh fucking hell! That's probably that's the only step I've got as a goosey or run straight because my dicky knees. I was going to say, talking of your uh, dicky knees, mate, you've had a, you've had a fair few knocks in, in your time in sevens. Um, partly the way you play the game, you're an incredibly physical player and that's kind of what you offer, I guess. Like, how do you feel about the kind of physicality of the game? Yeah, I'm trying to think back to when, well, when you and me first started, pretty sure it wasn't as physical as it is now. Um, so that's improved a lot, um, which is probably good for me because... Obviously, it's more my game, but I guess I've played much 15s these days, but I, I watch 15s and see 120kg boys running straight at each other and taking each other's knees out and that, so I don't really miss that bit of it. But yeah, it's, I guess it's exciting, isn't it? You know, 
especially with the speed that's in the game, which uh, you guys have. We don't have so much that speed, but yeah, it's a pretty exciting game at the moment. So and I guess it's going to be scary to see in years to come how freakish sevens players are going to become. So yeah, give it five or ten years and I, I don't think I'd want to be playing. So I'm lucky I'm 30 at the moment. <laughs> It's a good age. It's a good age, Dicko. Um, so you spoke about um, Sevens kind of working for New Zealand and producing 15s players. Do you reckon that's going to split away and Sevens is going to run its own path in the in the future? You said about players being freakish. Like, is it going to go Sevens one way, 15s the other, or do you still see some value in keeping the, the crossover? Uh, I don't think it will ever be completely separate. These Red Bulls come to the table for, in New Zealand and uh, they've started up a Red Bull Ignite uh, campaign which gets all like the best um, 16 to 19-year-olds in the country. And once every year they run this two-week-long program where they put them into split them up into teams and give them, you know, World, not world class, but really good coaches in New Zealand and run them through all the fitness testing, all that, and then make a little mini tournament. So that's come in the last few years, which has been good. Um, I think William Walbrook, uh, and then the end of after the tournament and that, they pick three players to then come into camp with us, um, which those players are always young little freaks. So William Walbrook was one of those boys who's now in our squad. He's, 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 not, li- he's not little. So, yeah, he's a big, strong man, and uh, yeah, I could only dream of being that. Hi, right, boys. So, I brought up big games between you two earlier. One of you was pleased about that. Two of you giving me the dagger eyes and hating it. <laughs> so, let's find a shared experience that you've both, the, all three of you, have taken some joy from. And this December, your 50th tournament, Sam, you beat South Africa in front of the roaring Cape Town crowd, which is what Mitch Chip, you guys did in 2016. How did that feel, mate? And boys, same for you as well, to go into their backyard. It's such a good sevens outfit and to have that momentum of the crowd behind them and to pretty unbelievably come out on top. I pinched a nerve in my arm in the quarterfinals, so I didn't actually play that game, but I was in the crowd. And geez, yeah, it was crazy loud, that one. yeah, well the, the best Africans place to be. Us. Yeah, the crowd's probably the best crowd I've ever played in. That in uh, Com Games in Glasgow. Um, shit, that was loud in the Rangers Stadium, if you boys remember that. Um, but yeah, we lost to them the week before in Dubai in the final, so we owed the one. And it, yeah, it wasn't any better feeling than beating them in their own ground, having all those Africans screaming at us because they've got a lot of passion and a lot of hate towards us. Big time. And they it's mad, isn't it? Because as, yeah. as the South African team's dead nice, but the fans are right on it. You can tell they like if, and they get so annoyed with the players as well. I had a year that um, I think it was two years ago when I was, I think I didn't get back from a concussion the week before, uh, so I was in the stand, and you hear them hammering the players. It's um, the hatred they've got for everyone else and their players when they mess up is mad. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, our fans can be pretty ruthless at time, but they can be outstanding at other time. But yeah, the African fans, wow. Mate, the Kiwi fans was the first I experienced in the World Series. Wellington was my first tournament back in 2012. And uh, I could tell you there's some pretty savage fans back then. Like back when Wellington was at its prime, at its peak. Few few boys on the beers late night on the Saturday. Last game on the Saturday was, uh, or Friday night, wasn't it? 
uh, last group game was a tough place to be. I remember that, like as a fresh as a fresh face, like I was, I was breaking it. <laughs> yeah, that Wellington tournament back in those days, geez, you couldn't beat that. that <laughs> everyone in the stadium would have had at least twenty beers down them as well. So you know, you know, I know what you two turn into after twenty beers. So the Kiwi boys go through like that too. <laughs> I don't I, I don't normally get to 20 beers before something happens. So. <laughs> don't you stop there, Sam. Tell us more. Tell us more. Mitch on, t- Mitch on 20 beers. I've got to know this. Oh, the English boys always lead the charge when it's time to celebrate or um, drink their tears away, whatever way. But they're always there for a good time and uh, you can always spot them in the club or the bar. They're always leading the way. Jeez, I tell you that. Tops off. Tops off. Dunking heads and tall. Ah, we're pretty well behaved, aren't we, eh, Sammy? We are. We're starved of sport up here in the Northern Hemisphere for the foreseeable future. Looks like your country got their act together a bit quicker than ours. And you've got this Super Rugby tournament coming up, which everyone is pumped for because A, it's something to watch, but B, basically got the five best Super, super Rugby sides in the tournament all playing a big round robin. Loads of... Kiwi rivalry, uh, all the biggest names, loads of All Blacks coming back as well. I think Ben Smith's coming back, Milner Scudder as well, all going to the Highlanders. So can you tell us a bit more about that, how pumped up everyone is? And and it's kind of being treated like a, an All Blacks trial. Am I right in saying that? Yeah, I've heard whispers that they're going to bring the North versus South, which is the North Island, South Island trial back as well, but which hasn't been around for a long time. Um, but yeah, it's pretty cool with the, all the overseas boys coming back before our lockdown fully kicked in. Um, and obviously there's probably a just as good an all-black team overseas that they could put together. Um, so with those boys coming back and coming back into the mix, I think Nehi's going to play for the Highlanders, which he usually plays for the Hurricanes. That's so a bit different. Um, and then a few other boys. So it's going to be top-level rugby yeah, it's going to be great to watch. Um, and then a lot of those boys will then filter into the IT Mighty Team Cup um, a few months later. So it's going to be good. What's the go with that? That, you know, Nehi Milner Scudder, uh, the Canes, and Bodie Barrett's now playing for the, the Canes. The Canes, there he is. He's a local, the Canes. Oh, he's gone to the Canes, man. Shut up. So, someone's got to know what they're talking about on this pod chip. Um, <laughs> But all like all the all the ABs are jumping around different franchises. It doesn't seem there's a massive amount of of loyalty towards them anymore. Yeah, it's I'm pretty old school, so I try and keep loyalty pretty high. But yeah, when you see that, it's yeah, it's it's turning into EPL or American football now. You know, it's, yeah, I don't know. It's tough. I guess when you get thrown an extra two hundred k or whatever at you, it's pretty hard to. Turn that down, I guess. Um, yeah, and also opportunity. Um, a lot of other, for Nehi's sake, I think there's a lot of world-class wingers all through the other teams. So I guess Highlanders had an opening for him and it's pretty hard for him to say no to that opportunity. It's nice to have the uh, the kind of talent in one country that you kind of have that situation, isn't it? It's pretty cool. I think it'd be good to watch. I think everyone's going to be pretty excited for it, having been starved of any action for a while. Hey, uh, Sam, I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit here. If you c- could name from the current All Blacks the best starting seven for a sevens team, who would they be? Is that including none of the full-time sevens boys? Yeah, none of the sevens boys, yeah. They don't make Six. the cut. 
Thank you. That makes it easier. Um, Bowden Barrett, Rico Ioane. Trying to think. So many All Blacks have gone overseas, so I'm trying to think who's still here. Oh, Geordie Barrett. Geordie Barrett would be unreal. Big, tall, fast fella. Fit as. Uh, flankers. Any flankers? What have we got? Oh, Artie Sevier, obviously. Um, he's played for our team many times, and it'd be unreal again. He's a nightmare uh, to play against. Yeah, he just doesn't stop as well. His lead drive's unreal. Oh, Damien McKenzie. He'd be a freak. Mm. Yeah. He'd be silky, he'd be, wouldn't he? Yeah. Like he's him. like Mitch, but like way better. <laughs> mm. Agreed. Uh, he's, he's, young, he's young. He's I think he's only like 25 as well. He's, you know, at his peak. Is he? Yeah. Coming back from his ACL, but he's, he doesn't seem to miss a beat when he came back, eh? Oh, and probably there's quite a few young boys that you probably guys don't know of that are coming through. It would probably be all oh, someone like uh, uh, someone like George Brunch, you know those those uh, flankers like that. Even even a kid of Yuani, um, he was devastating when he played for our team. Yeah, he was mad. I remember him breaking through and uh, trying to gas Jerry Tuai, and then Jerry caught up to him and he just turned around. I think he basically stopped, gave him a big don't don't argue. And then carried on running in. And I was like, yeah, I want to do that one day. I've got to make a line break first, though. <laughs> yeah, the problem with him was, though, I, I remember in that game in Wellington, the same one as I got fobbed off, I think, once. He broke through the middle of the line because the boys weren't doing their job in the defence. And uh, and it was a scary prospect because I tried to, he basically came, I tried to, like, show him one side and he fended me off. And I was like, that's fine because... I'll get the angle on, I get him. But then he was pulling away because <laughs> he's quicker than he looks for yeah, a big boy. Only ma- only caught him like five meters short at the try line. Only then, only just got him down. Nightmare to play against. So, Sammy, for the, for you then, mate, you've talked a little bit about maybe playing a bit of 15s if uh, if your missus forces you to get off the sofa and um, leave the golf clubs at home. But what else? What what about beyond that? Like, uh, what's the what's the future hold? I guess you're still holding out, hoping to push for a place in uh, in the Olympic side next year. And then, what about after that? Yeah, good. Obviously, I'm surprised you guys haven't brought up last Olympics yet, because obviously you got one over us there. <laughs> only only not springs so, out. If you want to talk about that, we can, because we've talked enough about my winning, uh, New Zealand winning. So. Yeah. But yeah, last... do, you want to, do you want to do it, boys? Do you want to do it? Now, obviously, it was a huge disappointment uh, last Olympics. So that's uh, yeah, right up the priority list for me personally. And now another year later. So yeah, another year of sevens at least. Hopefully, that's a, that's the plan. But obviously, stuff can change fast. And then don't know after that. Maybe another year of sevens, depending on the body, um, depending if I play 15s and how that goes. But obviously, it'd be nice to finish up with some, you know, decent, real good coin in Japan, maybe one day, if the body's up to it. Righto, Sam, we got to wrap it up there. But thanks so much for coming on. And we know we're going to be seeing you down the track in the future. Sammy, thanks so much, mate, for joining us and making the time. I really appreciate it. Cheers, Dicko. I'll uh, drop you a text about ITM, all right? <laughs> no, good boys. It's been fun. One night in heaven, one night in heaven. Awesome to have an AB7s legend in there. Over 50 tournament events under his belt. 
a real linchpin of the side that's done so well. He was there in the glory days, the 2011 to 2014 streak. He's got a Commonwealth. He's been to the World Cup. So he's done it all and plenty of good insight from him about how the ABs do it. Yeah, top bloke. Uh, one of the, as Mitch said before, one of the nice guys on the series and have nice to have a good chat to him. Hopefully kicks on and uh, hopefully see him in the Olympics next year. He's kind of a bit of an unsung hero for New Zealand Sevens because he's not really a headline grabber, I think, but does so much good work for them. And as you said, Burns, you just listed there some of the accolades he's got, like the trophies and the medals in his in his cupboard is pretty impressive. Like, um, And I think anyone on the series knows what a, what a good player he is, like his combo of uh, kind of his power game, his aerial stuff. Um, and yeah, super nice guy. Good to chat to him. Um, and hopefully we get to see him playing maybe some, maybe some 15s in the next kind of few months, but if not back on the series next year. And if not professional golf. <laughs> yeah. If not professional golf. He's a, he's a big old unit though. He's a hundred kegs, 190 centimeters. I mean, a guy that size is so destructive on a sevens pitch. And as you said, the variety of his offering is tough to handle, I imagine. Yeah, he's a big goose. He um, He's always good at kickoffs. Like, he's, he's, a, he's a good ball player, isn't he? He's good around the field. He's like, I, all them all blacks can chuck the pill around, but he's a like a good good player. And uh, let's hope he sees them love next year at 15s if he doesn't get anything at sevens. He's quite insightful about the change in um, the micro skills when he said from Titch to um, the new coach, bringing that in and looking at the smaller things. And he said that rugby for him changed from kind of working harder than everyone else to kind of picking up the small marginal gains, which obviously is something we've picked up, Mitch, like the past couple of years. And it's just the way the game's going at the moment. It's quite interesting to hear him say that. And uh, obviously spoke about the culture change in New Zealand as well in the sevens. Yeah, there's definitely been a shift away from you can't just, uh, you know, work on being quicker and fitter than everyone else. Like You have to find the advantages elsewhere, whether that's in your mental preparation or the attention, the detail and some of your skill stuff um, or around the culture, which, again, he spoke about, which it sounds like under Clark Laidlaw has taken big steps forward um, in his eyes. Here's a question for you, lads. Say that... The postponed tournaments don't happen. London doesn't happen. Paris, no Singapore, no Hong Kong. Do you award the series to New Zealand? Yeah, I, th- I, 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 ge- I genuinely don't think you can with four tournaments left because you never, you never know. Like we've we played in tournaments, Mitch, where we've ended up with six players. Like at the end in the in the last game, we've had six players fit or seven players fit with one hobbling around. And if that happened, then it's a it's a series changer. Um, and you never know with momentum as well and people playing in different tournaments like how we could go. New Zealand have been the dominant force at the moment this year, but with four tournaments left, it was. I think it's just, if there's two tournaments left, I think it'd be, and the gap was quite big, it'd be fair enough. But I don't think you can give it them outright thinking that they would have won. It's too close. What, I mean, what's the gap at the top of the table at the moment? I know they're ahead, but it's not head and 11, shoulders. 11 points. Think. Yeah, I think it's, it's not quite a big enough lead to uh, to say that they're definitely going to win it. So, unfortunately, it's like giving a penalty try. You have to you have to know that he was going to score it, um, and I don't think it's clear and obvious that they were going to go ahead and win it. Love that, Mitch. Not clear and obvious. All right, boys. I think we should wrap it up there for another week of seventh heaven. Mitch, are you going to be able to keep your voice in your pants this week? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much for joining us. As always, like us, share us, subscribe to us. 
on all the podcasting platforms you use to tune into Seventh Heaven. But until next time, it is adios. See you then. Goodbye.